In speaking of the last day, Paul warns that evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. 2 Timothy chapter 13, verse 13. Correction. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 13. The Greek word translated impostors means literally enchanters, but because enchanting, incantation, is used in various occult rituals, it came to mean wizards or sorcerers. Some contemporary forms of music, such as acid rock, fall in the same category and are used as channels of supernatural satanic power. This agrees with Paul's prediction that, as the age draws to its close, there will be a great upsurge in these occult forces. The book of Revelation describes two end-time judgments of God by which some sections of humanity will be killed. Then it closes by saying that the rest of mankind did not repent of their murders or their sorceries or their sexual immorality or their thefts. Revelation chapter 9 verse 20 through 21. The Greek word translated sorceries means literally drugs. The NIV renders it magic arts. The evil actions here associated with sorcery are murders, sexual immorality, and theft. Other addiction to drugs opens the door to these other evils. In Deuteronomy, correction, in Deuteronomy chapter 18 verses 10 through 12, the Lord declares his attitude towards various forms of occult involvement. Let no one be found among you who sacrifices his son or daughter in the fire who practices divination or sorcery, interprets omens, engages in witchcraft, or casts spells, or who is a medium or a spiritist, or who consults the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. The main category mentioned here, in addition to divination and sorcery, is witchcraft, which also includes spells. I will deal more fully with witchcraft in the next section. Interpreting omens is a form of divination. The last three categories, A, 
medium or a spiritus or one who consults the dead are all classed together as spiritism. Their usual form of activity is called a seance. All such people are said to be detestable to the Lord. The word translated detestable is the strongest word in the Hebrew language for what the Lord hates and rejects. Note too that God places such people in the same category as those who sacrifice their children to a pagan deity. It is hard for our contemporary culture to realize how intensely God hates all these occult practices. No one can be involved in them without being exposed to demons. False religion. Closely related to the occult is false religion. Often the two are inseparably intertwined. Both promise what appeals to us all, peace, power, knowledge, access to God. They claim to direct us to the light, but they actually entice us into darkness. How then can we protect ourselves? In John chapter 10, verse 9, Jesus said, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. Again he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John chapter 14, verse 6. Many different doors lead into the realm of the supernatural. But there is only one door that leads to the supernatural realm of God. That door is Jesus. Those who go through any other door can enter a supernatural realm, but it is the realm of Satan, not of the one true God. Satan will do all the damage he can to humanity though ideologies such as atheism or humanism, but false religion is an infinitely more powerful tool in his hands. To this very hour, the great majority of the human race is enslaved by false religion. As with other forms of the occult, it is impossible to list all the forms of false religion currently being practiced. But here are some of the main features that characterize religions as false. 1. Acknowledging a plurality of gods. 2. Practicing idolatry 
correction. Practicing idol worship in any form. 3. Teaching that human beings can ultimately become gods. 4. Teaching that people can achieve righteousness by their own efforts. 5. Offering some form of esoteric knowledge available only to a privileged few. 1. Religions that acknowledge a plurality of gods. The early church was surrounded by a polytheistic culture, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 5 through 6, Paul defined the Christian position. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is only one God, the Father, of whom are all things, and we for him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom are all things, and through whom we live. Religions that practice idol worship in any form is number two. Idolatry is the first specific sin forbidden in the Ten Commandments and the one that carries the heaviest penalties can be seen in Exodus chapter 20 verses 3 through 5. 3. Religions teaching that human beings ultimately can become gods. This was the original temptation offered humanity by Satan in the Garden of Eden. You will be like gods or like God. Genesis chapter 3 verse 5 This promise contains an inherent self-contradiction. God, who has created all things, including the human race, is himself uncreated. It is logically impossible for man, the created, to become like God, the uncreated. The created can never become uncreated. Nevertheless, this promise of becoming like God has appealed to the self-exalting pride of humanity in every generation. Number four, religious correction. Religions teaching that people can achieve righteousness by their own efforts. Again, the appeal is to human pride. Proud people are drawn to religious systems that demand hard, unreasonable forms of work 
and even self-inflicted suffering. The more rigorous the demands of a religion, the greater the degree of pride a person feels in fulfilling them. Number five, religions that offer some form of esoteric knowledge available only to a privileged few. Access to this knowledge usually requires some special rite of initiation. Already in the first century, the apostles were warning their followers about this form of deception, called by its Greek name, Gnosis. Gnosis means knowledge. It was against this error that Paul warned Timothy. O oh, Timothy, guard what was committed to your trust, avoiding the profane and vain babblings and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. By professing it, some have strayed concerning the faith. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 20-21 through 21. There are two outstanding contemporary examples of religions whose secrets are revealed only to those who have passed through a stringent process of initiation. They are Mormonism and Freemasonry. The latter includes Eastern Star, the women's affiliate of Freemasonry, the Shriners, Rainbow Girls, and Demolay. In Mormonism, the temple rituals are available only to a select few. No outsider may enter the temples while services are in progress. Freemasonry is even more secretive, except for a few official public appearances. It is completely closed to the uninitiated and its secrets are guarded by blood-curdling oaths. Biblical Christianity, on the other hand, is open. It has no special process of initiation and no secret rites. The basis of its faith, the Bible, is an open book. All are encouraged to study it. All forms of false religion appeal in one way or another to human pride. The gospel, on the other hand, emphasizes that we are saved by the grace of God, which cannot be earned, but is received only by faith, which God himself supplies. This leaves no room for pride. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not 
of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 9. There is a great gulf that cannot be bridged between the worship of the true God and every form of the occult or false religion. Paul emphasizes that every form of false religion is permeated by demonic power and that Christians must not, therefore, be involved in any way. The things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. And I do not want you to have fellowship with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the Lord's table and of the table of demons. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 20 through 21. Anyone who has been involved in the occult or false religion needs to repent of it, confess it as a sin, and seek Christ for forgiveness, cleansing, and release. In addition, any books or other objects connected with the occult or false religion should be destroyed. Clean and free. This brief overview of the whole area of the occult and false religions reveals just how complex and confusing it is. There is no simple way to define or describe it. You might compare it to an octopus with many tentacles, which it fastens onto its victim. Just as the victim is guarding himself against one tentacle, another seeks to fasten onto him from his blind side. This is well il illustrated by the following testimony of a young man from a Christian family who was taken captive by the occult. Eventually he gained understanding of the demonic realm, received deliverance, and became a successful pastor. My parents are godly, born-again Christians. Like little Samuel of old, I was dedicated to serve the Lord from my conception. My parents taught me in ways of truth from my youth. At the age of four, I would stand and preach to my folks or anyone else who would listen. In my early years, my heart was tender toward the things of God, and I was always quick to pray and repent when I wronged God or man. My precious parents taught me the best they could correction. My parents taught me the best they could to walk in God's ways, but they erred greatly because their tradition did not teach them 
that occult involvement was much worse than their traditional thou shall nots. To read the funny papers on Sunday, to go to a movie at any time, or to condone drinking or smoking was unthinkable, but they never dreamed that allowing me to listen to ghost stories from my grandmother would start me on a path of heart on a path of heartache that would last over 20 years i first came into contact with my grandmother's stories at the age of 7 from that point on i could find no joy in little else but the study of the occult radio programs of the 40s and 50s such as Inner Sanctum, The Shadow, and The Whistler held my undivided attention. When TV came in, Night Gallery and Alfred Hitchcock and The Twilight Zone, plus any other kind of horror show, were my delight. By the time I was in the sixth grade, Edgar Allan Poe was my favorite author. A Baptist training unit leader had introduced me to Poe's writing after a church Halloween party. At age 11, I told God in one of my frequent rages to get out of my life and leave me alone. I would ball correction, I would buy small animals on a weekly, sometimes daily basis, and torture them to death. I did this out of sheer compulsion. Years later, I found out it was an integral part of witchcraft. As strange as it may seem, I loved animals and wanted to be a doctor of veterinary medicine. I would walk up to Christian workers and tell them I hated them. No form of discipline, word or rod, could constrain me. Rebellion and utter hatred of God, church, Christians, school, all forms of authority, and especially my mother and father, ruled part of my being. The other part of me longed to be kind and loving. I finally came to a saving knowledge of Jesus at the age of 25. Even though God intervened and I was born again, my relationship with my parents was very bad. I loved them because of Jesus, but I could not be civil toward them for more than an hour. After a short period of close fellowship, anger and hate would surface and my misery would spread to all those around me. I tried to suppress my inward pressures, but they showed themselves by craving for alcohol and food. I was five feet seven and a half and weighed 217 pounds. 
Was I really saved? Yes, yes, yes. I would spend hours weeping over lost souls, memorizing scripture, witnessing and teaching the word. What was so tragic was that still no one had ever told me that ESP, Ouija boards, and books on psychic phenomenon were forbidden to me as a believer. Therefore, I taught these to my first Baptist church training union class, thus stirring up in them the same idolatry and witchcraft my grandmother had stirred up in me years before. Praise the Lord, one day I told a fellow believer about my ESP. He told me to leave it alone, as scripture warned against it. Oh, how I thank God for that man. His simple warning helped me begin on the path to deliverance. Wanting to obey the Lord, I stopped all contact with the satanic realm. This was a good beginning, but what I really needed was complete renunciation of Satan and deliverance from the demons that entered because of my interest in the occult. How do I know I had demons? The day I stopped flirting with Satan and started obeying the word. My internal problems and fears intensified. The anger and hate got worse. I began to have hallucinations night and day that presented the Jesus I loved in a most defiling way. Though I was happily married, my problem with masturbation was uncontrollable. My greatest plague was that I was a latent homosexual. I never gave into it, though I had to fight it constantly. I would have horrible thoughts of being with men and desires to dress like a woman. When I was alone, this evil spirit would manifest and I would take and I would take on effeminate mannerisms. I hated and loathed these things with all my might. I prayed and repented and tried to crucify the flesh, not realizing that my problems had gone past the earthly, past the soulish, into the demonic. James chapter 3 verse 15 I had two fountains within me. One loved souls, blessed God, and yearned to serve Him. The other defiled me with unclean thoughts and desires, blasphemed Jesus, and cursed the saints. I would have willingly admitted all this to anyone who could have helped me. 
No one I knew had the power to deal with my problems, even to the point of listening to them. So I had to keep it all in as best I could. In December 1969, my wife and I were introduced to the Deliverance Ministry. When it was mentioned that Christians could have demons, I gave no argument. My spirit leaped for joy as I knew I had found the answer to my problems. A brother in Christ, brother in Christ, ministered deliverance to me, commanding the spirits to leave. I literally felt them move up from my stomach, through my mouth, coming out in sighs and yawns. From that day to this, I have never been plagued with masturbation. Plus, my anger and hate were gone. Now I can spend hours with my mother with no schisms. I can actually hug her with love and compassion. For several months, I was on cloud nine. Then suddenly, the latent homosexuality and hallucinations started again. To be exact, it was about two o'clock one morning when I was awakened by demonic harassment from within and without. By this time, I knew how to cast out demons and resist Satan, but my relief was only temporary. Just when I was about to lose hope, I heard a Derek Prince tape saying, occult sins had to be confessed and renounced by name. This is something I had not done. I immediately did so, realizing where most of my problems had come from. Shortly after this, I went through my greatest deliverance service. One day I was driving from Columbus, Georgia to Montgomery, Alabama, a little over 100 miles. During a time of horrible harassment by demons, I called on Jesus with all my might. He took me back in mental visions to instances that began at the age of four when demons first entered me. As he showed me such correction, as he showed me each instance, I would renounce the sins involved and command the demon to come out. For more than an hour, demons came out of my mouth, the top of my head and my shoulders. By the time I got to Montgomery, I felt wrung out, but I was free, free for the first time in years. Since that time, my spiritual growth has progressed rapidly. My time and energy can be directed toward fruitful ministry rather than wrestling continually to suppress desires and thoughts that used to threaten 
my very existence. Also, the Lord has taken me from 217 pounds to 155 happy pounds. Praise the Lord because of Jesus, I am clean and free. They shall expel demons by Derek Prince. What is the occult? Chapter 14, Part 2. This is the end of the chapter.